just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your day is going well. My day today is going better than it did yesterday. I suppose I should update you on the TikTok saga. <laughs> You'll recall I told you yesterday that uh, on Wednesday, there was somebody who was trying to counterfeit my account on TikTok. They had my picture. They had Rational Boomer, only they spelled rational with two L's as opposed to one L, which is the correct way, which is me. And some people gave me a heads up, and uh, of course, I reported the guy. A lot of people reported him, but at last check, he's still up and running. But later that day, I had a video taken down, said it was uh, bullying or hate speech or something like that. And it was basically that I was making fun of Dan Scavino, the former um, deputy chief of staff under Mark Meadows, who was under Donald Trump. He was one of the guys that was getting um, a subpoena to show up in front of the House Select Committee. And I made fun of him, but then I pointed out at the end that uh, I can do that because I'm the same thing. I'm an old, white, fat guy, and uh, I get a pass. Well, I don't know why it got shut down, but it did get shut down. And that didn't really bother me so much. What bothered me was after that, TikTok, after trying to post another video, TikTok gave me a notification, said, ah, no, you're going to be suspended from posting for a time because of multiple violations. Well, I only had the one violation. I don't know what that was meant. So I didn't really know how long I was going to be gone, but I'm up and running again on TikTok. Probably going to dial it back a little bit there. I want to preserve my position on TikTok. As I told you before, TikTok was never the end game. It's the means to an end. And the end is right here on the Rational Boomer Podcast. This is the place I can talk as long as I want, say what I want. I have no trolls. I have no one looking over my shoulder to say, oh, that doesn't sound nice, or we don't want you saying that. If I truly have my First Amendment right, I have to follow rules by TikTok standards. I know that, and I expect and respect that. But if I can have a platform where I can just speak my mind, I never go into this half-cocked and just say whatever comes into my mind. Trust me, I think about the things I say beforehand. I was in radio for 40 years, so I'm used to having to kind of judge what I have to say and not go too far over the limits. And I won't. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to speak my mind. So while TikTok is a valuable resource to me, I don't think I owe TikTok anything. But I do owe all the followers over there. I've almost 97,000 followers. I appreciate them immensely. I respect them. And I'll continue to provide whatever it is they like about what I do. And I'll do it as long as they want me to do it, and as long as I'm allowed to do it. But I want to tell them, and of course you know because you're here, that the spot to be to hear everything is right here on the Rational Boomer podcast. I also mentioned in the last podcast, I'm not going to be like some of these other people and say, well, if you want to hear the good stuff, you got to pay me. Nope. Anytime you hear me talking, it's not going to cost you anything. I won't do Patreon. I won't do all this other bullshit. 
and whatever you hear from me is all I've got at that particular moment. So we've covered that last podcast. I've covered it this podcast. So we should be good. And I'm back up on TikTok. So I got that going for me, which is nice (laughs) to reference Caddyshack. One other thing. Um, Grandma's out of town, meaning my wife. You know, we're recently became grandparents. So from time to time, we call each other grandma and grandpa because that's just cute and adorable. (laughs) Actually, I do it because my wife doesn't like it. And uh, (laughs) that's the kind of guy I am. But anyway, she's out of town. She went down to Florida, Marco Island, with some friends. I'm home alone, left to my own devices. And if I were in my 20s and 30s, that might be a dangerous thing. But I'm 61. (laughs) So I'm going to be sitting here pretty much doing podcasts, TikToks, eating frozen pizza, and doing whatever the fuck I want, including watching whatever I want. So it's a nice respite for me, too. Miss my wife. I love hanging out with my wife. That's pretty much all I do. But every now and again, it's nice to get some separation. She goes, does what she does. I do what I do. And then we can get back together and uh, be more excited about doing stuff together. Well, there's a lot of stuff going on in the news. A lot of bullshit. (laughs) And the top of the list of bullshit, I want to remind you of a story this past week. You'll recall that on Wednesday, a federal judge in Texas blocked the six-week abortion ban in Texas. Now, we know that uh, uh, there was a law passed in Texas which um, banned abortion, but it was a weird situation. It wasn't against the law in the sense they could be arrested. What it did is it gave everybody else in Texas a right to be a vigilante and file uh, lawsuits against people who either had or helped people get abortions. It was a ridiculous fucking law. So this federal judge in Austin, Texas, came out and said, no, that's not right. We're going to block that. So all of a sudden, things look good for the women of Texas. But then on Friday, the U.S. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals reinstated the Texas abortion ban. It's like fucking ping pong in here. It's off. It's on. It's off. It's on. They're playing around with people's lives. They're playing around with people's rights. They're playing around with something that has been proven to be legal by way of the Constitution. But Texas wants to fuck around with it. And I was watching this, and it got me thinking about Texas particularly. Uh, Texas and the evangelicals and the religious right and whoever the fuck they are, all they've ever wanted to do is overturn Roe v. Wade. And by doing what they're doing in Texas, that's the first steps to try to do that. Either weaken Roe v. Wade or do away with Roe v. Wade altogether. But there's a problem with that they maybe don't foresee. You see, women in this country are not going to take kindly to this for the most part. Yeah, there'll be some religious right evangelical Republican women that say, yeah, we got to do this. But the vast majority of women in this country see this as my body, my choice, 
And I'm not talking about vaccinations. I'm talking about the abortion law. And there are always circumstances, too, with these abortions, you know, whether it be incest, rape, or something like that, or the danger to the mother. There's all kinds of reason to look at abortion as an option. I don't usually get into the abortion uh, discussion because I don't have an answer. I don't understand it, and I don't want to go either way. But the problem is, is with this abortion issue, we've got fanatics on the right side, fanatics on the left side, and then the people in the middle are just caught up in it. And that's what bothers me about this situation. It's a no-win situation in terms of an argument. But my point is, is you've got women all over this country that are going to be mad or are mad already. And we have the Republicans talking about a civil war. You want to talk about a civil war. These women are going to be ready to go to war. Now, I'll tell you this. I've been married for 38 years, and I have a wife who's not a shrinking violent. And we've had a couple of occasions here and there where she went to war. And I'll tell you what, Republicans, you don't want any part of that shit because it doesn't go well for you. Let me try to make a comparison for Republicans or Trumplicans or whoever. What if the U.S. government came to you and said, we're going to take your guns. We're taking them away. You can't have any more guns. What are you going to do? Well, according to them, you'll have to pry it from their cold, dead hands. They'll fight to the end to keep their guns and their Second Amendment right. Well, abortion is protected by the Constitution. And if you think it's going to be bad if somebody came for your guns, imagine how bad it will be when you take half of the population of this country and tell them that they no longer have rights to their own freaking bodies. And they're all women. Well, there'll be men involved in this, too, because I believe women do have a right to make choices with their own body. But you take those rights away from these women. Oh, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be costly to the evangelicals, the religious right and the Republican Party. You ever want to fucking win an election again? This is not the way to do it. It may sit well in your mind, and you may be making the evangelicals and the crazy religious right happy, but there ain't enough of them. There ain't enough to get more votes than half of this country. You're in fucking trouble. You're playing with fire, Republicans and Texans. You don't want to piss off half the population, especially when that half is women. They've got stepped on enough for decades. They fought for their own rights, women's rights. They fought for this abortion right. It was finalized in the Supreme Court, protected by the Constitution, and now you just want to take it away. I know you won't see it this way, but to me, and I'm guessing to the women of America, that's part and parcel to somebody coming to take your guns, except not as serious as somebody taking the rights over your own body. I don't know if they're going to be able to shut down Roe v. Wade. Maybe they will. 
Maybe they will be able to try that or weaken it. But I'm going to tell you, the ladies in this country, the women in this country are not going to go quietly. They're not going to allow it to happen. And now with social media and all the things going on, it's going to be bad. And it should be. I think all women and all men that support women should fight back against this. You know, I understand the reasons why some people don't like abortion and people don't. I, I understand both sides. But the fact of the matter is, is it is law in this country. Now, if you can change the law, that's one thing. But if you have to play these fucking games like Texas is doing, that's a problem. Why don't you take the normal route to try to change it? But you don't. You want to play games. You want to game the system in your favor. Well, you ask for it. You're going to get it. And it's not going to be pleasant. So, ladies, all of you that are mad about this situation, I empathize with you. And I encourage you to fight in social media and protest, whatever it is. Do what Americans do when they feel like they're being treated badly. And uh, if I can do anything to help you with promotion or standing outside with a sign, I will help you. Because I think any time this government takes away any right, that is a problem. And that includes the Second Amendment. I'm not against the Second Amendment. I don't own a gun, but I think we should have a right according to the Second Amendment. I don't think we should have have assault weapons or huge caches of, of weapons and artillery. But if we want to own guns, we should be allowed to do that w- within reason. And there should be some stipulations and some restrictions as to who gets guns. I don't think that sounds crazy. We got a lot of crazy people getting guns, and they should not be getting them. So this is going to be a big issue. If Texas thinks they can just scheme this situation and sneak in the back door and do this, oh, they're sadly mistaken. They don't know women. I know women. I got two sisters. I had a mom. I have a wife. They ain't going to fuck around when you start taking things away from them. And they're going to be in your shit. And it's not going to be a place you want to be when it all comes down to that. I don't know. It's it's kind of frustrating to see the games that the Republicans are playing. They're doing everything they can to go against the democracy. And it's all to grab power and to get votes without any consideration to the people of this country. Now, we had a... Uh, a situation where the select House Select Committee subpoenaed four advisors for the Trump administration. They wanted to provide documents, and they wanted to provide. Uh, they wanted them to appear in front of the Select Committee. Now, last Thursday, they were supposed to turn over their documents. I don't know who did, but I think some did. There was a hassle because Dan Scavino, the deputy chief of staff under Mark Meadows, under Donald Trump, was hiding out. Yeah, he was bobbing and weaving, ducking and hiding, trying to avoid getting served because if he doesn't get served, ah, they can't do anything to him. Wrong, Dan. You fucking dipshit. 
That's wrong. And besides, on Friday, he got served. But here's the interesting thing. The one person who spoke out about these subpoenas was Steve Bannon through his lawyers. And he said he wasn't going to comply with the uh, subpoenas. And the reason was is because of executive privilege. Well, Steve's got a couple problems in this regard. Because for him, uh, executive privilege isn't a thing. Now, Donald Trump tried to keep all these documents out of Congress and away from being exposed. Donald Trump started screaming, I'm going to claim executive privilege. But what he doesn't understand is he's not king of America anymore. He's got somebody to answer to. He can ask for executive privilege as a former president, but the... uh, The person with the end response to this whole thing, the only person that has a call on this is Joe Biden, and it's because he is the president. Executive privilege only applies to presidents. And you know what? Sometimes, sometimes a former president will say to a current president, you know, look, I'd rather not that that not to get out. I need executive privilege. And the current president will say, yeah, okay, I get it. I get it. That's fine. But in this case, Joe Biden said, nope, not doing that. We're not going to assert executive privilege. We're going to let it free and let it go. So Donald Trump at this point has to be shitting his pants. He thinks he's the end-all answer to every dictator in this country. But he's not. He didn't win the election in spite of all the things he said. Now he's got to answer to Joe Biden. Joe Biden said, fuck that. We're not asserting executive privilege. Sorry, Donnie, but it's all coming out. So now Steve Bannon says, I'm not complying because of executive privilege. Well, we now know that executive privilege doesn't matter. Now, of course, Donald Trump is going to try to take this to court and gum up the system and delay, run out the clock, or whatever it is you want to call it, even though this executive privilege isn't a thing. I mean, that's just what he does. The problem with it is that he will ultimately lose, and the House Select Committee holds some other tools that may come into play in this situation. Now, some of these people may have provided the documents. We know Steve Bannon is not, and here's Steve Bannon's big problem. Not only is executive privilege not a thing in this situation because Joe Biden didn't okay it, the fact of the matter is Steve Bannon left the White House in 2017. This is about January 6th in 2021. So uh, Steve Bannon wasn't even in the White House. So even if executive privilege was part of the deal and it was a thing, it wouldn't apply to Steve Bannon. Bannon's fucked. He's got to provide the documents. He's got to show up. And that's the next step here. The next step is next Thursday, all four of these guys, Steve Bannon, Mark Meadows, Dan Scavino, Cash Patel, all have to show up to testify in front of the House Select Committee. Now, even if Donald Trump wants to muck it up with going to court, that doesn't affect them having to show up. Now, if they show up and plead the fifth 
or say executive privilege, they can do that, but they must show up. And if they lie in court, they've got all kinds of problems with perjury. But if they show up, they're cool. But if they don't show up, then their problem is much bigger. Because if they don't show up and they didn't provide the documents, then the House Select Committee has three options, actually, on how to handle them. The first one is civilly. Take them to court, sue them for a bunch of money, fine them for $10,000 a day or whatever. But we know they've tried that during the impeachments, and it didn't do shit. It didn't compel anybody to show up. It did nothing. So I presume they're going to bypass that first step. Second of all, one of the things they can do is... uh, Refer them to the DOJ for contempt, uh, a criminal contempt of Congress, which means it goes to the DOJ. The DOJ must take it to a grand jury. And after hearing the argument, the grand jury then will decide if they should be indicted and tried for these alleged crimes. Now, it's almost certain with all the evidence there that they will be required to stand trial. Now, if they are found guilty, they go to jail for a year. Now, if these guys are willing to go to jail for a year just to help out diaper Donnie Trump, well, they're fucking stupid in the first place because he won't do anything to help them. Secondly, there's nothing he can do to help them. So they're just going to sit in jail for a year because they won't testify. I think ultimately... They're going to break because no one wants to give away a year of their life from their work, from their family, from their friends, just to save some lying piece of shit. Now, there's one other option they have, and this is the one I find the most interesting. This option hasn't been used for almost 100 years, the 1920s. And the option is called inherent contempt. Now, that's a little different deal in terms of how they deal with it. You know, Congress has the sergeant of arms. And in an inherent contempt situation, the sergeant of arms literally can go out, grab this clown by the ear, drag him back to Congress, and force him to testify. And if he still refuses to testify, I think in the House of Representatives somewhere, there's like a little jail, and they can put him in that fucking jail. So they've got some options. The key here is what will the Democrats do? The Democrats have been known to be wimpy, and I'll talk more about that in the second half, but uh, they need to be tough on this situation. 2022 is coming quickly. We need to get out there who did what, why they did it, how they did it, and how we're going to make sure it never fucking happens again. And the only way we can do that is to hold people accountable for the things they did leading up to and during January 6th. So the ball is in the Democrats' court. They're talking tough, but their history would tell you that they're more wimpy than that. But the thing about it is, They've got to be tough here. It's not about just saving the Democratic Party. It's about saving our democracy and our entire country. So we have to count on a bunch of people that are known not to be very tough, not to be very aggressive to save this country. 
that's a little disconcerting for me. Hopefully they'll rise to the occasion and do what they need to do. But we're going to see. So the documents were supposed to be in on Thursday. These folks are supposed to come to the House Select Committee this next Thursday and testify. There probably won't be any referrals to the DOJ after this first week, whether they got the documents or not. But uh, after next week, uh, when, when they're supposed to testify if they don't show up, that's the time when we should expect to see some action from the Democrats. I got my fingers crossed. The only way to deal with these bastards is to be tough. So let's make sure they are tough so that we can get this done and get it done properly. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We know there's a lot going on in terms of investigations into Donald Trump. We know about the House Select Committee looking into the January 6th insurrection. But there's another investigation going on that's kind of interesting. It's by the House Oversight Committee, and it's concerning some personal business dealings by Donald Trump. Now, you're probably saying to yourself, why the hell would a government oversight committee have any power over Donald Trump's personal business? (laughs) Well, that's the funny part here. See, Trump leased a building in Washington, D.C. to put up his Trump Hotel, this fabulous place. (laughs) Turns out it's kind of a dump. But when he went to lease this building, he had to lease it from the federal government. And why? Well, because it was a post office prior to it being a Trump hotel. So his landlord is the federal government, which is interesting when you're leasing and in business with the federal government while you're president of the United States. That's a little troubling, don't you think? But that's just the start of it. You see, when he applied for the lease, he didn't tell them about a lot of debt he had. He lied about some things and values of other things he had. And so he got into this lease fraudulently with the federal government while he was president. Now you're starting to see the troubles here. Now, of course, when he got the building, he leased the building, he had to fix it up. He had to build it out, make it a hotel as opposed to a former post office. So that's going to cost a lot of money. But Donald Trump doesn't have any money. Where is he going to go? No banks in America are going to give him any money. So what to do? Well, he did what he always does. He went to Deutsche Bank. Yeah, a foreign bank who's having all kinds of problems now with laundering money and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's his bank of choice. And he got a $170 million loan to build out the building to make it a beautiful hotel. Now, when he took this loan, he was supposed to start paying back this loan in 2018. Well, in 2018, he didn't have the money to pay back shit. So what's he do? He cuts a sweetheart deal with Deutsche Bank, 
and they say, look, now you don't have to pay until 2024. They extended the first payment out six years from 2018. Six years. Now, that is a sweetheart deal. That is costing this bank millions of dollars by not getting their money back until six or eight years after the fact. Why would they do that? Well, let me remind you, Donald Trump is president at this time. Now, it would suggest that Donald Trump offered some other favors that weren't necessarily financial in nature, or maybe they were ultimately financial in nature. But here we have a foreign bank giving Donald Trump, the president of the United States, special favors they would give no one else. Imagine this. Say you buy a car or even a house. You go to your mortgage company and say, yeah, you know, I'm not feeling like paying this mortgage yet. Could you give me six years to start up and then I'll start paying? (laughs) Yeah, that ain't working for us. That's not happening to us. But Donald Trump got it to happen. Apparently, there are perks from being president. But that would be illegal. And that's a problem for Donald Trump. It's, it, it's frightening to see the games he plays and how transparent and how blatant he is by pulling this shit off. He's just so used to doing it for decades that he thinks he can do it right in front of people's faces. But he made the fatal flaw here that his landlord is the federal government. He's no longer president. And, uh, <laughs> and so, so he's in deep trouble with this. There's a lot of fraud here. He, he got, and it goes another step because he got this $170 million loan from Deutsche Bank because he told him, told them that this, this hotel would be making $150 million during its presidential term. $150 million profit. So they felt better in giving him $170 million to build this thing out. Well, it turns out that uh, in his term as president, this hotel didn't make $150 million. It didn't make $10 million. Fact of the matter is, it lost $70 million. So once again, Donald Trump is lying and bullshitting his way through, and for whatever reason, people let him get away with it. And now it's exposed, and the DOJ has to look at it because there are definitely some illegalities in this whole mess, and we'll see how it proceeds. One of the things that they found out in this investigation was that during the time he was president, that hotel did take in $3.7 million from foreign governments. Not foreign people, foreign governments. So here's our president of the United States running a hotel trying to make money while he is president. He has foreign governments come to the hotel, rent rooms for exorbitant amounts, and and, uh, it cost them $3.7 million that went in Donald Trump's pocket. You don't think that sounds funny? Well, you'd be mistaken. That's very funny and very illegal. And uh, we'll see where that takes us. Now, There's also a Judiciary Committee that recently released reports uh, talking about what Donald Trump did when he was trying to overturn the election shortly after the election and leading up to 
January 6. Now, we know that Trump called, we heard one call that Trump made to the Secretary of State to Georgia to try to get him to overturn the election. And that in itself is enough to be found illegal and to indict and uh, prosecute for. But now we're hearing from this report, Trump literally badgered the Secretary of State of Georgia no less than nine times he called this guy. And he tried to talk him into lying and overturning the election. There is a U.S. attorney in Georgia. His name is uh, B.J. Pack. Uh, Trump went to him to try to get him to do something, either press charges or put an indictment out or whatever the hell he was supposed to do to help him overturn the election. And B.J. Pack said, look, man, that's not going to work. That's just crazy. I'm not doing it. And, of course, Donald Trump told him, well, you better resign because I'm going to fire you if you don't. And, of course, B.J. Pack resigned. He didn't want to be caught up in that mess anyway. All of this is absolutely illegal. There's no question about it. This kind of thing has never happened in our history in this country. Never. Nobody's ever tried to pull this shit. Not even Nixon. We'll talk more about him in a moment. But the crazy thing about this is we've got this one crazy guy and some crazy Trumplicans keep talking about election fraud, even though there's absolutely no evidence. They've tried hundreds and hundreds of ways to prove it. And they always said they had evidence, but no one's ever shown it. We had the audit in Arizona. Showed nothing. And just the other day, I watched uh, a video of U.S. Representative Paul Gozar talking to the Senate in Arizona, the state Senate. And he was trying to explain to them, yeah, even though the cyber ninjas didn't find any difference with the the count, that there's more to it. The machines changed it. And it was really strange watching this Paul Gozar. This guy's a fucking nutcase anyway. But he's talking and talking and saying absolutely nothing. He's presenting no evidence. He's doing what they all do. Well, I'll have some evidence and we'll prove it. It's all so obvious. It's just, but he keeps moving his head, rocking his head back and forth, and his eyes are glazed over. This guy looks like a psychopath in a horror movie. I don't know what's wrong with this guy. Now, some people have said Parkinson's and his back problems or whatever. But even if his movements are involuntary, the shit he's saying coming right from his brain. This fucking guy is crazy. He's a danger to this country. And if I have any people out there in Arizona uh, that are represented by this guy, you need to take a close look at it because he is very dangerous. He is not well in the head. And he is going to be a problem for what I think is a great state. So take a quick look at him. But the most troubling thing about this, you have the crazies and the freaks and the idiots and the Trumplicans and stuff. But realistic terms in this country, we have 45% of the public that believe the big lie. I mean, that that's crazy. This is this in itself, idea I, in terms of ideology, is a civil war. 45% of this country believes something that's categorically not true. 
It's never been proven to be true. No one's ever able to prove it. There is no evidence, but they believe it. And that's a problem spot for this country to be in. That many people, 45% of this country, believe in the big lie. And from this report, we are seeing that Donald Trump and the Republicans really did attempt a coup. Now, that sounds pretty harsh, but that's what they were doing. Joe Biden won the election, but they weren't happy about it, so they were trying to lie, cheat, steal, turn over the election so they could stay in power. I'm sorry. I don't want to sugarcoat it. I can't sugarcoat it. That's a fucking coup. Now, some people are thinking to themselves, well, at least that's over with. That coup is over with. That attempted coup is over with. You don't have to deal with that anymore. No, no, no. See, the attempted coup is still going on. We are still in the midst of an attempted coup because all of these things are being prepped and hyped and promoted going into the 2022 election and the 2024 election. So they attempted a coup in 2020, but they haven't stopped. Nobody stopped them. So this is still in the works. We're talking about voter suppression. We're talking about uh, trying to overturn elections in individual states. This is still going on. And what they're trying to do is set it up so there's some question every time we have an election so that when it doesn't go their way, they can start this shit all over again. Now, it may not work in 2022, it may not work in 2024, but if they keep doing this, eventually they're going to make some headway. And that's a problem. So that means at this moment in time, as I'm speaking right here and you're listening, we are in the midst of an attempted coup. And we've got to take that to heart. We've got to take it seriously. Otherwise, we could be in trouble. This country, our democracy, can all be at risk if we don't act strongly to this situation. Now, some people like to compare Donald Trump and the Republicans to Nixon. (sighs) I I get that. Uh, But Nixon isn't one-tenth as bad as Donald Trump. Because, you see, Nixon ultimately chose to leave. When he was in trouble, he chose to leave. And you know why he did that? Well, because his own party was going to impeach him. The Republicans said, yeah, this is ridiculous. This has all been exposed. You got to go. They literally went to the White House and said, Nixon, you got to go. And he didn't want to. He was similarly crazy like Donald Trump, but he wasn't stupid. He could see the writing on the wall. And he, in fact, resigned and left, and things were at least attempted to get back to normal. Now, that's not happening here. As I said, 45% of this country believe in the big lie. All the Republicans that should be seeing all this criminality and this corruption should be saying, oh, yeah, that's not right. Yeah, Donnie, you got to go. You got to get out of this thing because we can't have this in a respected party. But that's not what they're doing. They're supporting him. They're lying for him. They're pushing the narrative. They're continuing the conspiracy theories. And that's where the problem lies. Nobody on the Republican side is thinking 
logically about this, and no one on the Republican side is doing the right thing. They're willing to do the wrong thing. They're willing to lie, cheat, and steal just to maintain power. And that is an absolute flaw in this country. I mean, that's a big problem. When you've got half the country that wants to believe the big lie and is willing to do absolutely anything to maintain power, we're in the midst of not only an attempted coup, but essentially a non-fighting civil war. But if it continues, it could turn into some violence. I mean, if you watch some, if you're on the Democratic side, and you watch these people try to overturn our government, some people are going to get pissed. And if it can't be stopped, they might get violent. On the other side of the coin, on the Republican side, they're ready to get violent now anyway, because they haven't gotten what they want. Donald Trump is not in office. Joe Biden is. They're fighting like hell. And I don't think it would take much at all for them to get a group of, 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 of fucking mil- militia knuckleheads and go into some town and start some shit. So we've got to be wary of this. We've got to think about this and how to handle it. We've got to straighten it out. I mean, for years and years, the Republicans have been known to be ruthless and aggressive and vicious. And they've always rolled over the top of the Democrats. Democrats got to show up this time. They got to be tough back. They got to push back because it's not just their party. It's the country. Got to save the country. And as I said earlier, we're putting our hope in the hands of people who aren't known to be real good fighters. I hope they they will rise to the occasion. Now, I heard somebody say today on television, We got 45% of the people in this country that believe the lie. And that is a problem. That's too many that believe the lie. Maybe not enough to win an election, but enough to believe the lie. 45% is a big problem in this country. We've got a long way to go to fix it. So the question was, why are we here? We've never done that before. They didn't do it with Nixon. When he did something wrong, everybody knew it and said, well, he's my guy, but he's wrong. We got to do something about it. It's not happening now. And they put out the question as to why it's happening now. And I think I have an answer for you on that. Now, I could be wrong. Probably not. I mean, it's a tough question since we've never seen it before. Why now? Well, I'll put it to you this way. Why now? Why now is the same reason Donald Trump got elected in the first place. Because people were sick and tired of the status quo with the Democrats and the Republicans, constantly feeding the rich and not addressing the middle class, the people that are the backbone of this country. People were appalled and disgusted and repulsed by the way our government was running both Democrat and Republican. And they thought to themselves, we got to fucking try something different because this is ridiculous. It's all the same shit every year, no matter what party. So let's get Donald Trump. Donald Trump says, I'm going to take the government out of this. I'm going to slap these people down and show them how a businessman does it. Well, it seemed like their only option to get out of the status quo or business as usual. And Donald Trump was their guy that they thought could do it. 
Well, as it turns out, Donald Trump is more corrupt and more criminal than any of these other politicians and put us in a worse situation. But that's why Donald Trump got so many votes in 2016. People wanted to change. People weren't happy with the way this country was going and the way the government governed this country and its people. They were tired of it. So now Donald Trump comes in, he gets elected. So now we've got 45% of the people that still support him, even though he's a liar, criminal, an idiot, uh, an embarrassment. Why are they doing it? Same fucking reason. Because they aren't happy with the way this government has been. They aren't happy with business as usual. And right now, Donald Trump, as much as a fuck-up as he is, he's the only option to get out of it. See, these people who believe this are willing to give away all the bad that Donald Trump does just to get back at a government that they think don't work for them. The ironic thing is that Donald Trump didn't do anything for them when he was in office. He just gave a $2 trillion tax break to the rich people and said, fuck the middle class. Oh yeah, he gave them a tax break too, but it was tiny, it was crumbs, and it ended. It had a sunset date. But the rich people got to keep theirs forever. But apparently these people are too stupid to see it or are so desperate to get away from what they're used to seeing out of government, they'll put their heart and soul into a clown like this. So what I'm saying is Donald Trump is our problem, our big problem right now. But if we can get him out of the picture, out of the narrative, and get things kind of back to normal... We also need to fix government. We need to fix our parties. We need to fix the direction they have taken us up to this point. We've never seen anybody like Donald Trump. And that's because, as I say, people got sick of what was going on. And so, as much as we've got to deal with the problems that Donald Trump has left us, after we do that, we've got to fix the other real problems in this government. And they are many. And if you think the Democrats are better than the Republicans, well, right now they are because one is trying to overturn the government. The other one is trying to save the government. So I have to side with the Democrats at some point. But if they get in power and their complete power, they will do similar things. I mean, look at Manchin and Cinema; They aren't our friends. We've got big problems the way this country runs and the way this government runs it with or without Donald Trump. The big fire right now is Donald Trump. We've got to take care of that situation, and it's about time the Democrats step up, get tough with the Republicans, and get this shit straight. Got to get rid of the filibuster. I don't care who doesn't like it, including Joe Biden. That filibuster works against we the people. It's maybe a nice little safety valve for politicians, but it doesn't do shit for us because nothing gets done. That needs to go. And this debt ceiling situation is a perfect illustration as to why it needs to go. We've got to push Biden, Manchin, and Cinema to get rid of this goddamn thing. Now, when the Democrats are minority, they'll probably want it back. But no, it's not good for America. It's not good for the citizens. It has no value to us. It's just a ploy a strategy for the minority group, whoever they might be in our government. Got to stop it because nothing gets done for us. 
So let's work on the problem of Donald Trump. Let's put that fucking fire out right away. But then we've got to look at the rest of it, the Democrats and the Republicans, because we got big problems in there and people aren't happy about it. Clearly, that's why they voted for Donald Trump. That's why they still stand by Donald Trump. So <laughs> this uh, this uh, rant of mine is never ending until we have utopia here. And that ain't coming anytime soon. All right, we're going to wrap things up. We'll do another podcast tomorrow, and we'll talk about some other stuff. I hope you have a great night, great day, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time. Next time.